When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got these two great tennis players. All we need is a club. Everything to go from prodigy to pro. Raise your hand, Serena. Venus Williams. What you think? Nobody's taking that bet. Tennis takes expert instruction. It takes families with unlimited financial resources. It's like asking somebody to believe that you got the next two Mozarts in your house. Venus and Serena gonna shake up this world. I got a miles on me. Throw it to the sky. Yeah, that's it. There you go. They're not gonna win nothing like this. Not with you and me on those raggedy courts. We just got to stick to the plan. We got champions in the other room. You taught them all this? Richard, I'm impressed. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Every American player got good following this path. We're going to do this a different way. You pulled him out of juniors. Now you pull him out of practice. You do it constantly. I'm trying to look out for my kids. You're looking out for yourself. This is their life. You've got to let them decide. Venus Williams, what you want? Let's show all of those people that I can handle what's coming. It feels so good to be alive. It feels so Oscar and Emmy-nominated composer Chris Bowers is our guest on today's episode of Behind the Screen. Chris has earned four Emmy nominations for his work on Bridgerton, Mrs. America, and When They See Us, as well as an Oscar nomination for the short A Concerto is a Conversation. His film credits include Green Book, Respect, and his latest, King Richard, the story of Richard Williams, father of Venus and Serena Williams, which opens in theaters this weekend. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Chris, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. Let's start at the beginning. How did you come on to the King Richard film? Really just because of my relationship with the, the director, uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green. We worked together on uh, Monsters and Men a while ago, and uh, it was his first feature. And we just really connected pretty um, intimately in terms of our collaboration and, and uh, finding a sound for that film. And so... Uh, he was really excited about asking me to be on, be on board with this project pretty early on when he kind of first got the project. Um, and then I didn't really get involved on a creative level until um, until they had a, a rough cut of the film. And I watched that and it kind of started working on themes and things like that. So this film begins in Compton and then moves into the world of competitive tennis during the 90s. Would you tell us about the inspiration for the score? Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to limit the instrumentation to um, instruments that reminded me of the game of tennis, just in terms of the 
sounds. Uh, so it's the instrumentation is really just strings, piano, prepared piano, um, harp, and percussion. And the percussion also for me was something I knew I would add in there early on, just thinking about uh, Venus and Serena's presence in the sport. And, you know, we talked often about how they changed the way the game felt and they, um, you know, even the way that it sounded when they hit the ball when they first came on the scene was just something that hadn't been seen or felt before. And so wanting some sort of element that could uh, come in whenever we see moments of that uh, and, and see moments of them stepping into their power. And so um, uh, that was kind of like the early idea with it. But I think the prepared piano is something that becomes a character throughout the whole film just to be this in-between of the percussive and, um, you know, more emotive and melodic. So we have some cues. The first one is titled Family Dinner, um, and this one appears early in the film. Would you describe the setup and this cue? Yeah. Uh, so this happens um, after we've seen Richard look for coaches. He's had a few conversations and has been turned down a number of times and you know, uh, this final moment in this whole sequence is uh, one that's really disappointing. And then it cuts from that to him watching the girls practice and then the family having dinner at a at a fast food restaurant. And that moment for me was this is the first cue that I wrote for the film and was something that um, connected to me emotionally in a visceral way. Just seeing that process and watching him go from uh, this disappointment to keeping on this uh, brave and persistent face in, in front of his children and continuing to show them love and support and continuing to be very present, uh, even as he's dealing with any sort of disappointment and not letting them doubt themselves, even though there might be these signs that that uh, are these aspects of the world that are telling them that they should doubt themselves. And he's protecting them from that. And I feel like that, that reminded me of my own parents, my own father, in, in a really specific way that uh, I've tapped into that emotionally and, and wrote this theme that has this warmth to it, but also at the same time, because of Richard's persistence and, and stubbornness at times, uh, a lot of the time, uh, I knew that I wanted some aspect of it to feel like that element of his character. So there's this note that's persistent throughout the entire theme that even in moments where it's not really it's like rubbing up against the resolution and not really, uh, uh, you know, the quote unquote right note in the chord, essentially, it's still, you know, uh, staying there. And so that, to me, kind of embodied what he felt like, especially in this moment with the family. And again, you said you had seen the rough cut. So you already saw Will Smith's performance as Richard Williams and the other cast members. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is after I'd watched the film uh, a few times, just kind of seeing the early cut of it. And then once I found that or connected to that scene in that way, I decided to start there as far as writing goes. Thank you. 
Another cue that you selected, which also appears early in the film, is titled Practice. Would you introduce that one? So this one, I think, is a really fun cue, um, just because it's a moment where we see Orsine working with Serena and Richard and uh, uh, the coach working with Venus and kind of going back and forth. And one, it's really exciting to see how Orsine was incredibly present as well in this um, training and, and seeing how she worked with Serena and that whole sequence is really fun. Um, but the piece itself, I feel like um, there was a piece of temp actually from Bridgerton in there that, that Ray really connected with. And he loved the sound of this more um, almost more traditional classical sound against these black girls playing tennis in these different spaces. And um, we knew we wanted that kind of almost like sprightly feeling to it, uh, but then bringing it more thematically into the themes of our, our score. And, um, and as it gets, you know, have, having the ups and downs of the comedy uh, in there with, you know, Richard and the coach and also uh, uh, Orsine talking to Serena and, and, uh, her kind of getting a bit defeated as she's struggling to to work on whatever she's working on. But, um, and then as they really, you see them step into their power and, and execute these, these moves, um, then like the percussion kicks in and it becomes like this bigger, bigger sound. Um, and it's kind of the beginning of, of them stepping into that power. Now, Chris, this was recorded during the pandemic. Yeah, we recorded here in L.A. at Warner Brothers, which is really amazing. And, you know, it felt so nice to feel um, just to be back with people and, and to also feel really at home in that studio. Um, they just were really welcoming. And um, uh, we did a string session and uh, for a few days and then we did a few days of just piano. So it was just me with one um regular piano and the one prepared piano uh, or pr piano that I prepared uh, there and trying to find sounds that I thought would be the right kind of percussive sound. And then just getting to play along to the picture uh, felt like a pretty, it's definitely like a, uh, if my younger self could see this moment, it would feel pretty, pretty blown away by it. So that was uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. So, so Chris, you played then? Yeah, yeah. So I played, um, yeah, all the all the solo piano score, uh, solo piano and the um, prepared piano. Uh, there's another pianist that plays some of the more uh, orchestral parts, but everything else is is me playing. The next cue we're going to listen to is titled "Both Girls," and this is uh, later in the film when they're preparing for a big match. Would you set this one up and describe the music? Yeah. So 
you know, thematically going back to that family dinner queue where I uh, discovered Richard's theme, my next thought was trying to find ways to do variations on his theme to become the other themes for some of these other characters and especially for Venus uh, and the girls together. And so this piece is um, really like the clearest version of, of uh, Venus's theme. And it uh, has a moment of hinting at Serena's theme when we see Richard talking to Serena and talking about her trajectory and what he sees for her and his vision for her. But that's all happening melodically. And, and um, at the same time, the cue is, is referencing uh, Richard's theme at the same time. So just a moment of seeing the family come together uh, in this way and how he's talking about his plan. And we now are seeing that plan actually come to fruition because of the hard work of these two young women this piece is kind of trying to uh, encompass all of that. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chris, would you talk about how you worked with um, Ronaldo during production and key members of your team that you were working with? Yeah, so um, Ray, the thing I love about working with Ray is that he uh, is a bit more old school in terms of like wanting to be in the room together and, uh, you know, talking about things on a very uh, emotional level and and also getting creative together and uh, having moments of him come to my studio and like work on something or have him actually listen to something as I'm working on it. And so, you know, because we're able to uh, have Warner Brothers help us get tested on a regular basis, we're able to see each other like every week. And so it kind of felt like we were almost back to normal, like me driving to spotting sessions and driving to reviews and uh, sitting with them. And there's just a different um, level of connection that you're able to get when you're talking about these things uh, in the room together and also being able to try things. And Jason Ruder, the music editor, was also really pivotal in, in um, you know, having some of these early themes and suggesting other places where those themes might be able to be relevant, uh, you know, and uh, I feel like we were between me, Ray and Jason and Pam, the editor, we were all very locked in in terms of talking about 
whose perspective are we looking from? Like what theme should we be looking at in each moment? Um, and especially with Pam, uh, the games was a huge thing just because there's so much obviously rhythm that's happening with the gameplay itself. And how does the music accompany that and make sure that it's not stepping on the sounds of the tennis balls hitting because that's the exciting sound, but wanting to make sure we're carving out space for that and making it feel like it's a part of the music almost. Um, and the amazing thing that Pam did is cutting these sequences of games without any sort of commentator. Um, uh, so you're not really able to tell what's happening in the game in terms of who's winning and losing, uh, uh, other than by looking at how the, uh, sequence plays out and how we're seeing these reactions from the family or from the crowd or uh, how is Venus reacting. And, and so music becomes also a big part of telling that story of the game itself or of the matches to, um, make sure that we're in a, emotionally in the right place at the right time. And I feel like uh, the four of us, Jason, Ray, and Pam and I uh, definitely were uh, coordinated in trying to do that. You also brought the cue titled First Set from the match against Arantxa Sanchez Vicario. Would you like to tell us about that one? So I feel like that one was fun to uh, really dig into the prepared piano sound. Um, like I think almost every cue has a bit of prepared piano in it. Um, but with this one, I wanted to strip everything away and have it just be prepared piano for a decent amount of it. And it's just all these like undulating rhythms and polyrhythms that are developing and all these different things as we're seeing the match kind of open up and um, wanting to feel the just tension and anxiety of the moment, you know, and, and it felt like that was a, a fun way to, to do that and build on that, that, uh, thematic palette uh, element. Um, and then as the the match continues and as she starts to, you know, actually starts to win, or if she has a couple of difficult moments, you know, then the strings come in and start to follow that emotionally. And we see Richard in the back, you know, uh, watching this all play out and uh, the crowd getting more and more into it and, and her starting to step into her power and, you know, her theme coming in once that happens. And so it's this really long build. Uh, it's like one of the longest cues in the movie, um, but it all starts from this like simple or uh, uh, sparse prepared piano and then just continues to flower and, and grow into this bigger thing. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, the Los Angeles Philharmonic is presenting a series of concerts this weekend uh, curated by film composers, and yours is on November 20th. Would you tell us about the series? Yeah, so 
it's um, a series where they're having a handful of composers. It's uh, myself and uh, Hilder and um, uh, Nick Bertel, and, and each of us are curating a night based on music that we're inspired by, uh, pieces of our own, and really the idea is about the changing uh, face of film score today, both in terms of like the people making it, but also uh, the projects that, that are being scored and, and each of us working on projects that are um, pretty diverse. But um, uh, for my night, I'm doing a handful of pieces from composers that I'm inspired by that specifically have come from outside of the um, film scoring space, just looking at people that uh, come more from the indie world or uh, alternative world or jazz or these other spaces that um, have really changed the way that film score film scoring sounds and and um, uh, we're playing a handful of pieces from composers like that. Who are some of the ones that you selected? Uh, so we're playing uh, Final Speech by Jason Moran from uh, Selma, 107 Steps uh, by Bjork, uh, this arrangement that um, Vince Mendoza actually did the original arrangement. So we're playing that uh, arrangement and um, a couple of pieces from her, uh, Arcade Fire, a couple of Raichi Sakamoto pieces, um, a couple of John Bryan pieces and uh, and the theme from In the Mood for Love. Um, yeah. And then we'll be playing a uh uh, horn concerto that I've written that they commissioned me to write for Andrew Bain, uh, their principal horn player. And then we'll play a handful of uh, suites from a few projects of mine. We'll do something from King Richard. Uh, we'll do a few pieces from Bridgerton, uh, Green Book, and When They See Us. And each of those will actually be accompanied by uh, short films that my wife directed that she and I worked on where we, I talked to her about how with these pieces, I wanted to highlight the themes that helped emotionally inspire the score for each of them. And, you know, with King Richard, it was obviously looking at Richard Williams and what he did for, for Venus and Serena. But um, at the same time, for me to find something emotional uh, to pull from, to write, I definitely was thinking about my own family or just uh, how many black parents out there there are that, that uh, do that for their kids and sacrifice for their kids and, how many times we see these great people from these uh, uh, diverse backgrounds or underrepresented backgrounds or whatever you want to call it. And, and we feel like they're just phenoms and they're just amazing. And, and when actually there's a family or a village or a parent or a grandparent or somebody that, that was um, making sure that they were set up to be able to do that uh, in an environment where maybe that was a bit more difficult. And so um, for the King Richard medley, for example, in this concert, we'll have, uh, this film where we've cast a handful of uh, uh, fathers and their daughters, just be friends of ours, essentially, and just filming them interacting in different ways. Uh, and each of the films, uh, or each of the projects that we'll play music from will have a similar kind of short film that just has characters or people that, um, everyday people that embody the themes and ideas that helped inspire the music. My wife, uh, Brianna Henry, she's an incredible actress. She actually uh, directed all of these uh, short films that will accompany these medleys. And then the concerto that you mentioned, uh, this is a world premiere, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really excited about that. And um, there actually will be visuals for that as well that are more just landscape imagery that that will help contextualize this this story that 
of the pieces kind of outlining in my mind. The first thing that was really fascinating to me was just looking at the history of the horn and how it, or, uh, you know, the origins in the hunt and looking at hunting calls and how many pieces have been written based on hunting calls or based on uh, the feeling and idea of the hunt. And, and then thinking about my own relationship with, with hunting and I'm um, uh, practically a vegan. I eat fish every now and then, but I'm definitely, I definitely wouldn't be a, a hunter in, in the world, but I think that I definitely have especially um, adopted a certain mentality that I think connects to hunting or that connects to that uh, idea of um, uh, power or whatever it is that inspires hunting. And um, really looking at a character, this this hunter that um, is grappling with that and has this otherworldly experience that, that causes him to uh, think about his identity in a different way. Um, and so the piece is like, loosely telling that story, um, but musically very inspired by like all the themes are from different hunting calls and, um, musically inspired by a lot of great composers who have composed for horn before. Um, and, uh, and the visuals will kind of give imagery that ties to the form of the music, but also ties to character. So, you know, you might see uh, fire for the, the hunter or see the garden to represent his wife or different things like that. Now, you said that the series in some ways was conceived to look at uh, the future of film scores, so to speak. What are your thoughts on that topic? I think it's exciting, ultimately. I mean, one, uh, both Nick and Hilda are composers that I'm incredibly inspired by myself. And and uh, some of my favorite composers right now are uh, on all of our programs, thinking about uh, some of the people that I know that Nick and Hildur are, are featuring um, and think about Mika Levy or Johnny Greenwood or um, anybody else that's really changed the way we think about what film music or film score can be is really interesting right now. I feel like we're in a very adventurous time to have these huge films that are hiring composers that are going to take a very, very unorthodox approach and, uh, and try to do something new. And uh, it's exciting to be uh, or making music and, and around in that time for sure. Well, King Richard opens on Friday in theaters and your concert is November 20th at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Uh, congratulations on both. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, Carolyn. Really appreciate it. <laughs>